On this episode of the Back of the Pod, we double it up for your holiday listening enjoyment where we talk the Ravens game and look ahead to the Browns game. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. High snap again. End zone and picked off. Intercepted by Rasul Douglas. And the Packers are going to win it. A.J. Green was the target, and he never looked for the ball. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Yo, yo, yo. What's up? That game happened just like we thought? Uh, uh, for a minute, well, the score was exactly what we predicted, and then there yeah. was 10 minutes left. <laughs> I texted the group saying, wow, we were all floating around 30, 31 Packers, 17, I think we all said 17 Ravens, and then Dan, who we've well established as the jinx of this podcast, goes, I wouldn't – I." Wouldn't uh, doubt 14 more points being scored, and then the Ravens score 13. So it got a little little nervy, but uh, let's just jump right into it because, I mean, you could take some positives out of this. You could take some negatives out of this, but the final score was 31-30. As we mentioned, the Packers were up 31-17, and then two late touchdowns by the Baltimore Ravens made it oh so close. I will say... We talked about how much we were Harbaugh fans. Did you guys happen to see the clip of him even before the second touchdown going, are we going to go for two? And like his, his, all of his guys just being like, coach, I thought we had it. I love you, man. I love you. Did you guys happen to see that? No, I did not. I did not. I did not. I missed that. Oh, so he's asking them, hey, if we score again, are we going for two or you want to go to overtime? And they're all like, we're going for two. We're going for two. They asked again right before the two point conversion. And then it was just like Andrews threw his arm around him. was like, I love you, man. Things happen. It's just like, damn it. How good is it to have a coach that the players ultimately love, which I believe is Matt LaFleur. But let's talk about this Packers defense who ultimately had to play three Ravens, a quarterback in Huntley. Andrews and Brown, because those were the only three that did anything the entire freaking game. And somehow we found a way to not quite cover them the best we could. So Huntley ended with two touchdowns. He ran for 73 yards. Andrews and Browns both had 10 receptions a piece, although Andrews went for a heck of a lot more going for 136. So what do we make about this Packers defense that seemed as if they were controlling early and then the wheels fell off. You know, first, I just want to point out, I think they did a magnificent job on Marquis Brown. Uh, they, they kept him underneath. They were always in his hip pocket. Um, yes, he got 10 receptions, but he only got 43 yards off of those 10 receptions. He had a, his longest was a seven-yard reception. This guy's known for consistently getting over 20-yard catches. So to hold him down a little bit, I, I really like seeing that. Now, on the other case, how couldn't we figure out a plan for Mark Andrews? Yeah, I think that's where you need to start is when every single fan on both sides of the teams uh, is aware of what's being attacked and the defense doesn't adjust really until halftime. 
that's my biggest concern is a team with a pro bowler at quarterback. You know, if the Ravens had Lamar Jackson, if you face any of these playoff teams that we look to be facing and you let that go on for 30 minutes, they can do enough damage where you can't come back from that. So the idea that Mark Andrews was crossing Adrian Amos's face into Savage's zone and then just beating him one-on-one and we weren't changing the scheme. The idea that the slot receiver, we had our corner playing 10 yards off and they would just run a slant or a hitch to pick up third downs and we weren't changing the scheme. You got to adjust a little bit. Like everybody, you don't have to watch that much football. It was just like, oh, third and six? Yeah, I bet they're going to go to Mark Andrews again. Oh, look, there's Mark Andrews getting a touchdown you got to adjust quicker than that, and that was the most concerning thing for me. Beyond just any specific player playing, I mean, yeah, Savage didn't have a great day, but when we're not helping him against a, a borderline Pro Bowl tight end, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. He might already be a Pro Bowl tight end, but you got to help those guys. And then, you know, Devondre was doing a pretty decent job shadowing. A couple times he got caught up in the muck, and that's when Huntley got the majority of his yardage, but then all of a sudden there's a play where Devondre's not shadowing. Like, what? <laughs> What happened there? And maybe those were the plays we were trying to help Savage, right? You can only commit so many bodies to different assignments. But to watch that whole first half and no changes happen and they wait to go to the locker room was my biggest issue. Yeah, and you, I, I think we all saw how much we miss Kenny Clark. I mean, I mean, yes, the guys held up good up front. They, they played decent. They actually contained Huntley but left space open again for him to run. So I, I think, yes, Campbell – I think was asked to do too much, you know, in this game. He and he he played pretty decent, like you said. But yeah, I think it's glaring how much we need Kenny Clark and how well he is playing this year. I will say the Packers did get bailed out by Baltimore a couple of times, uh, going for it on fourth down instead of just taking the three points at the beginning of the game. Uh, obviously, going for two, I, I really do feel oh, like yeah. the momentum was all in their favor. And uh, granted, the two point conversion, I'm more acceptable of like they just wanted to win it. I get it, uh, but it, it just felt like there was some there was some play calling that made you scratch your head. And we've seen it before out of the floor where it almost seems like he overthinks it. And it's just like no man, like like uh, right at the beginning of the broadcast, they're like. I, I see why they're going for this seven points instead of the given three because they know Aaron Rodgers is across the field from them. It's like Aaron Rodgers hadn't even thrown a, a single throw yet. Like, what's get your points when you can get your points? But uh, it just it's it's frustrating to know that three individuals could burn us as bad as they did. And I know that Brown, you say, you know, he only had was averaging four yards a carry and all that, but you knew it was coming. I mean, the rest of this lineup created 36 total receiving yards. The backfield was steady, but it wasn't necessarily blowing anybody out of the water. It's just, it's tough. It's tough because, and I, somebody made a joke that Huntley is playing how Bears fans thought Fields would be playing, and it's absolutely true. So if, get ready for a few years, you know, in the future when Fields is doing this on a more regular basis of using his feet, vision, all that kind of stuff. But credit to Huntley. That dude, he might be the best backup in all the NFL. Like, he was legitimately just <laughs> like, yeah. there's nothing more dangerous than a backup quarterback that's in FU mode that's just like, I'm going to ball out tonight. And he was that dude. Yeah, and he doesn't throw a bad, Yeah, he doesn't throw bad balls. Like, he looks good. So, the biggest concern on this defensive side of the ball, the last four games, we've given up 31, 28, 30, and 30. When we said we had a top five defense. All of a sudden, they need a get-right game. 
and it as as a pod that's going to transition into a preview of next week's game of our Christmas Day showdown, there might be a get right game waiting for us. Yeah, I, the, I think you're right. we've been so close. Now. We've been so close, and we've given up some points in the fourth when we shouldn't have. So I, I think I think you're right. It's coming. I do want to also mention that the Ravens were better than 50% on their third down and fourth down efficiency. So not, I felt like there was a lot of moments and we've seen that these last couple of weeks, as you mentioned, not only giving up points and special teams helped us just a bit in the bears game with that, but there's been a lot of times as of recently that the Packers needed to get off the field and did not. And and so it's uh, hopefully we can start averaging this out a little bit better. But they're and you know what the Browns oof. are really bad at converting mm. on third down. Well, well, let's give them a shot uh, <laughs> before we jump over to that game. Talk about this Packers offense. Aaron Rodgers, these last four games. Hey-o. He went from in the conversation to, of MVP to he has the best odds right now in the NFL of taking home that hardware. Aaron Jones was steady. MVS had an amazing game, and now he's out for the Browns with a COVID. But let's talk about this offense really quickly that, for the most part, was doing what they needed to do all night long. Yeah, let's let's start with this. How surprised were you guys with the commitment to the run game? I I was shocked. Uh, yeah, especially when you just look at the injury report. I mean, come on. You're facing the best rush defense in the NFL, and I want to say the four out of the first six plays were Aaron Jones right up the middle of a line that has nobody that would really be starting at the start of the year. It's just questionable, no, wow. but then they started to balance it out a little bit better, and it, it felt like the runs were were perfect from there on out if that makes sense that while yeah and it felt like the running game was productive and you got like eight more yards than they typically give up but you were under the yards per carry from what they give up 3.9 we had 3.8 so you had an average day rushing the ball but the commitment to 25 carries was intriguing in those carries i will say aaron jones looked fast like fully recovered yeah, he looked, he looked good. multiple Multiple times out loud, I'm like, ooh, he looks sharp. Like, he was looking quick. Said, so, boy, that one-two combo is shaping up nicely. But I was surprised by that. You, you look at that banged-up secondary. You look at what Rodgers is. He's just on one right now. His Vegas odds, to Ryan's point, I think are plus 125 to win MVP. And the way the Buccaneers are banged up, I don't see Tom Brady putting up four touchdown performances, even though he's got a, some bad teams ahead of him. Uh, so Rodgers has all the opportunity in the world to do a Christmas Day followed by a Sunday night football performance uh, you know three touchdowns followed by four touchdowns and all of a sudden lock in that mvp uh, and, and he, he put that kind of performance out there today the the scheme that the ravens deployed i loved the interviews that have happened in the last couple of days with Devonte adams where he's got on his phone screenshots of three different defenders in his area and talking through to the reporters of what he has to do in those circumstances and how they're going to adjust to that right so he made a joke about just playing backyard ball and like just trying to run them out of the play and just making up stuff on the fly when he realizes three guys are assigned to him. But how do we use that to our advantage? Exactly like we hoped MVS has a day. Lazard had a decent day. We missed a couple chances. Mercedes Lewis all of a sudden just finds himself wide open. Uh, you got to make do with what you got. And Devontae still got his six catches, but if he can pull half the defense to his side of the field, those other guys need to come through. And, and that's what we saw. 
Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up. Nine targets to tight ends, which I would believe is probably the highest since, since Tunyon at some point last year. But Mercedes Lewis, when he did that spin move on the outside and it looked like he was going to catch the ball, spin a guy off and go for a touchdown, he has been probably two or three yards short of a touchdown maybe six or seven times this year. It's it's incredible to watch him play. He is he looks the best he's looked in probably the last eight years. It's just unbelievable what he's able to. Tyler Davis comes in, does decent. DeGuara seems to be getting more and more confident in the fact that he was targeted the third most uh, on this team shows that he's gotten back in with Rogers trust circle, which is always fantastic. But it's just it's fun to see these names of Juwan Winfrey targeted, Tyler Davis going one catch for 22. Like it's it's exciting to know that it does not matter who our receivers are. Rogers feel is in such a groove and in his line of sight is so good because that MVS throw that I still can't believe he completed. It's just it's so awesome to watch a future Hall of Famer just do his magic out there. One, one thing I want to say, though, is, you know, last year we had great success on our, especially our first drive. You know, normally we, it would always turn into points. Um, it, it seems this year we're having some issues in the first quarter, and I, I really hope that they get that iron out before the playoffs because there's nothing like a demoralizing first quarter to take you out of a game. Now, you know, like like you guys are saying, Aaron Rodgers is playing amazing and he par- will probably keep us in the game. But if we can get ahead and stay ahead, it's just a lot easier on my heart. So uh, please, boys, figure it out. It's been two and a half days, but 99 percent confident that first drive was run, run, run and then third and long and punt. Yep. And it's yep. like, why are you running twice against a, a secondary that has no starters on the field right now? Like. Put the ball in the hands of the MVP and go score points and just like step on their throats from the jump. Why are we starting slow? It, it was confusing. Yeah, start quick, get out to leads because you know that offense opens up when you're playing with a lead. You can start to do whatever you want. It doesn't have to be forced into Rodgers' hands. Uh, you can run the ball more and drain the clock. The defense looks better because of that, and and they've been slow there. So maybe that's something. You know, maybe you're onto something there, and that's why the defense is starting to give up 30. But the defense might be giving up 30 because special teams keeps uh, losing the field position battle as well. Is that all we need to say about that, or should we keep talking about special teams? Yeah, I mean, no. No, no one wants to hear about it anymore, right? Just fire everybody. Except it's for those guys we good. need. <laughs> it's just not good. And um it's amazing. Well, here Crosby's, I'll set us up Crosby with the hitting transition. it though. Crosby's hitting, so I guess that's one. I'll set us up with the transition. Uh the Browns kicker has missed five of his last seven and they just Ooh. cut their punter. Hey. It's, Whoa. A, it's Whoa. a battle of terrible special teams. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, I you dropping a bombshell sack right off the get-go. Uh Cleveland is coming to Lambeau at seven and seven, but if you look at the AFC North standings, it is a cluster. Cincinnati and Baltimore are both eight and six, Pittsburgh seven, six and one, and there's Cleveland at seven and seven. Just an absolute mess of who's gonna come out of the north on the AFC side, which we did not touch on. We're officially kings of the north. We did it again. Three for three from the floor. Great. 
it's it's business as usual now in that department. Great. Moving on. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a little a little uh this is also a little bombshell news because if you look back all the way to the second week of October, the Browns have gone win loss, win loss every other week now for like 11 straight weeks and they just lost the Raiders so I don't know if that's going to affect your final score prediction because they should be winning on Christmas Day just throwing that out there but it's it's a tale of two seasons I mean they had a lot of things going for them last year this year is just struggle factory you had OBJ where they thought well he's the reason why they're they're kind of out of sorts and then he leaves and you're left with People's Jones, who is maxing out at 478 yards this year. They have no receiver over three touchdowns. Uh, Chubb has had his moment, but he still hasn't quite gotten to the level of what we're used to for that. And Baker Mayfield, 13 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and 29 sacks. So let's start with this defense that we just talked about not being quite uh, in the groove. But do we think they will get back on track? facing this Browns offense? You know, I, I, I truly, I, I believe our defense will. I, I, I really think they will. And, and really the reason being, they don't have a quarterback that I think can push the ball through the air. Um, if, if we could stop their run, we stop the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb is amazing. Uh, he, he's fun to watch. Um, but I, I just don't see any threat when it comes to the air. Yeah, I'll, I'll just expand on that. They've only got 15 passing touchdowns. They're in the bottom of the league in passing yards. Baker Mayfield is injured and underperforming, and I'm here all day. Like, let me just belly up to the bar and talk about which one came first. <laughs> Did he get injured first and started underperforming, or was he underperforming and then the injury started adding up, or are they correlated? Uh, but they're bottom half of the league in sacks given up. They're going to focus on running the ball. they got some great running backs. Nick Chubb is going to get the ball probably 25 times. Uh, but we're pretty good at stopping the run if Kenny Clark is off the COVID list. Uh, so I, I feel like that's strength on strength. And then the secondary has an opportunity to, like I said, get right. So the biggest matchup I'm going to be looking for is uh, Austin Hooper at tight end after what we just mm-hmm. saw tight ends do to our secondary. Uh, I guarantee you they're going to try to get Austin Hooper isolated on Savage and see if they can go attack that for some passing success. Yeah, I mean, their leading wide receiver is Donovan Peoples-Jones, for goodness sake. I mean, he does not scare me. He's a he's a very talented wideout, but, I mean, him versus Stokes, him versus anyone, you know, I, I think they, they're handled. So, yeah, I think you're right. They have to go the tight end running back route to even create some space. Donovan Peoples-Jones or Kevin King, which one wins that battle? King, I think. I really Ooh, do. Ooh, wow, you got confidence. Okay. Mm, mm. Uh, I plead the fifth. Uh, speaking of which, they had the exact passing yardage, the exact passing yardage as the Detroit Lions. So I, it's it's not pretty. And there's a stat I wanted to bring up about their good old quarterback. Uh, he is the same. 63% completion percentage as last year. The only difference is this year he has 13 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Last year it was 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. So he is still throwing the same amount of bad balls for interceptions, but his touchdowns are in half of what they were last year. It's just, it's not a good situation. And I, I do feel 
somewhat bad for Cleveland fans that thought they had momentum coming out of the last year. And then you look at this lineup and it's just, it's, it's a little gross. And the other thing too is all right, you go Chubb, thousand yard runner. I get it. He's, he's strong. He can pull off these big gains. He's not even in their top 10 receiving uh, receivers on this team. So you're talking about a team that has nobody over 500 yards, nobody over three touchdown catches, and he's not even in the top 10. I mean, he is not a receiving back. Kareem Hunt isn't even in the top eight of their team. Like it's, it's one of those that they use their backfield as purely running. And, and then really from there, it's just this randomness of whoever can get the ball that gets the ball. But it's just, it's not impressive, and the only reason I'm not overly hopeful even more than I, I seem like I am is we're still not 100% healthy. Could this be the week that Jair comes back? And they go, all right, let's warm you up with some Browns receivers that are iffy. Like, I don't <laughs> know, awesome. does Kenny Clark come back and he's nice and healthy in the center? Like, it would be very, very interesting to see who is in this defensive front and how much they can get to that backfield and, and take care against uh take care of uh Mayfield because he's again not going to be a mobile quarterback so it's just there is not a lot of good stats on this this Browns offense that you point to and go this is where they could kill us which is a good thing but <laughs> it's 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 the area you were just talking about their good stats are their fifth in the league in rushing yards just under Colts and Titans and those caliber of teams and their third in yards per carry so I think getting a guy back, you if you could hand pick a guy to come back, you want Kenny Clark back in the middle. No offense to Slayton and Lancaster and Lowry and their and Kiki and those guys um, playing some decent ball, but to get Kenny Clark back, what that gives you the opportunity for, right, is a stuff on first down and they got a pass twice or a, a second and eight and you get a holding call and now they got to throw the ball. Their third down conversion rate is terrible. They they haven't been converting on big plays. So they need these sustainable, longer drives. Um, if you can just get negative plays and and stuff and stuff and stiffen up in the run defense portion, um, you're going to force them to pass the ball, and that's where you should definitely lock them down. So I'm excited for this matchup. I I would think you could hold them to under 20 points, but my prediction is going to say otherwise for various reasons, and we can get to that. Let's talk about how we're going to score some points. Let's look at this defense. Uh, if you're going to highlight guy, Miles Garrett is known for getting sacks and bashing quarterbacks in the head with their own helmet. He is up to 15 sacks this year, which is just ridiculous. But yet their leading tackler is Anthony Walker, linebacker, with 88. Again, the stats outside of Miles Garrett sacks number is not very good because after that, Clowney is showing up with five sacks, but it's a whole lot of ones and twos across the board. So it's uh, it's definitely something we can take advantage. Their their secondary has moments. They obviously have the ability to get backfield pressure, but they haven't been able to close down. So what do we make about this Browns defense, assuming that the Packers are – getting some health back with the exception of MVS. Honestly, this Browns defense is looking on paper, one of my favorite. And like, I, like I would love to have this team in like Madden, you know, if, if we're, we're playing Madden, but I, they're all athletes. I mean, even Ousa Karamoa, the rookie, uh, I know Dan's probably going to highlight him later, but Denzel Ward, yeah, never heard of Williams, him. never heard of him. I mean, these guys know how to play ball, but you're right, Ryan. There are times when they just look lost. 
Yes, they may be the best player on the field, but they make mistakes and they make mistakes quite a bit to allow some big plays, but they can still control you. Um, I, I'm very worried about our offensive line in this game. Yes, they've played great, but going up against this Browns defensive line that plays super aggressive is going to cause problems, especially in our run game, because we saw it last week versus Baltimore. You're going to see similar play uh, from the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I'm a little worried going up against this defense. Yeah, a lot of names, and I'm glad we're not getting into uh, the injury report and COVID status of everyone, because like who's on the field from the Browns and who's on the field for the Packers. Who knows? And who knows um, come Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Well, Saturday and from when we record to when this publishes to when they actually kick the ball off. So um, beyond that, like, let's just say these guys are on the field. Um, you're going to, we start to sound like a broken record because at this point the teams are who they are and the Packers are who they are. So you're going to start to address, you know, similar style defenses in the same way. So you're facing a, divisional rival of the Baltimore Ravens. And here's a shocker. The defense is built pretty similar. The yards per carry is just slightly higher than what the Ravens allow. The Ravens allow 3.9. The Browns only allow 4.1, one of the top teams in the league. They haven't given up many passing yards, but the stat that I find interesting behind that is that the passer rating in general against the Browns defense is pretty high. So the passing yards could just be a factor of what we talked about with their offense running the ball so much and shortening games that the yards can't get accumulated, but that's the area to attack them. So let's look past Miles Garrett because we'll probably talk about him again. Uh, but in the secondary, the coverage that Devontae Adams is seeing, he will continue to see, and it might get even worse in the playoffs. So I think missing MVS, if he can't come back from COVID, is a, a big loss here because Denzel Ward on Devontae should be a fun matchup. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa, a weird linebacker wearing number 28, uh, is growing into the rookie year that I thought he could have, and and every Notre Dame fan would tell you he would have had. But he, he's a great athlete. It, it translates well into a pass coverage linebacker, but still pretty instinctual in the run game. Um, but I think you're going to see him matched up on like Aaron Jones coming out of the backfield, and I'm really excited about that matchup because they're two real great athletes uh so who can stick to who or can jones run away from him or just scheme him open and it's it's gonna fall to, like we said with the ravens like can the supporting cast come through you gotta like what you're seeing out of lazard lately you gotta like the usage of deguara and mercedes lewis for 50 yards and three or four big catches but i think those third down conversions are gonna have to turn into touchdowns in a game like this mm-hmm. it's interesting that you talk about this defense, because I, on paper, they're very much like the Green Bay Packers. And statistically, they're almost the same across the board. Packers have 14 interceptions. They have 12. They have a few more sacks. Their their yards per game average against is almost identical to the Packers. Everything across the board is almost exactly the same. And then you look at it and you're like, yeah, they got a solid uh, you know, cornerback crew. They have what we would have as Z and, and Garrett. Uh, Miles Garrett, like there's a lot of things about them that are interesting, even to the point of, wow, sometimes they look lost. It's like, oh, interesting. That's kind of the same. But I just feel and it's so tough to tell with COVID. I, I just feel assuming knock on wood, this Packers offense is the only limitation is MVS. I just feel really good about the groove that they're in getting points. I watched as painful as it was the Raiders Browns game. And it was ugly. 
it was absolutely ugly. The fact that Carr could get movements of the ball here and there, I feel like Aaron Rodgers should have a benefit. Raiders don't have any running backs. It's just it feels like a game that there's going to be some ugliness. But man, I just I don't trust this Browns offense, and I do trust the Packers offense. So I think we're ready to transition. Yeah, I'd, I'll just wrap up on that segment. I totally agree that Packers should have success. It's how much havoc can Miles Garrett cause? Like, if you keep Aaron Rodgers upright, we should look and and play as as we expect. If Miles Garrett is getting into the backfield and you know we're we're letting him be solo blocked on some plays for some reason, or he's destroying double teams even, because you know again we are playing eighty percent of our backups on the offensive line. Uh, the game could all of a sudden be close on Christmas. You're like, no, why is this happening? I think it all comes down to him. So you're saying Dennis Kelly needs to play a little bit better. Is that yeah, what you know, he got the rust off. He got the rust off. <laughs> so let's go into predictions for this game. Uh, it's uh, man, I I both love and hate that it's on Christmas Day because it's either going to it's going to be an awesome build up, and then depending on how that goes, that's where the night will take us. So. 3.30 for our folks in Green Bay. I guess I'll go first with this. I, I just I, I just think that the Packers should take care of business. I understand fully that we're averaging 30 points against uh, in the last four games, which I don't necessarily like. But we're also putting up some pretty good stats as our, on our own. And you look at this Browns team, I mean – they score 13 points to just beat the Detroit Lions. They score 10 against Baltimore. They score 24 against Baltimore to win it. Then they score 14 against uh, Las Vegas. I just don't trust this offense whatsoever. And I think that this defense is going to make a statement back at home where they have played substantially better. I have it Packers 34, Browns 17, and I know that's a little bit too big of a gap, but Wowza. I just do not trust this Browns offense. And I think for the first time in a long time, you're going to see field position be in the Packers' favor instead of the other way around where give Aaron Rodgers the ball on the 35, give Aaron Rodgers the ball at the 50, and let's take care of business Big, big game out of Devontae Adams, but I'm going to go back to the well for a guy that I think is going to break out. We've been waiting for it. We've been waiting for it, and we're finally seeing signs. I think this is a game for Lazard. We have no Cobb. We have no MVS. Get your money. Let's go, Lazard. Yep, love that pick. Should have had a touchdown in the last game. All right, so I'm going to go next because then I'm going to have Josh be the tiebreaker here on thoughts on how this game plays out. I just see this going as Browns fighting for their playoff lives, and we're trying to stay on top of the NFC, um, but I just really hope there's an urgency in the Packers game. Otherwise, the Browns can really sneak up on you and, and make a Christmas Day statement one way or the other. So for that reason, I still have the Packers winning. We're, we're the better team. We're playing better football. We're at home. There's there's still stuff to play for. It's not like we're ready to rest starters by any means. Um, but for reasons of, you know, the first quarter issues Josh brought up for special teams reasons, I'm going to say this game's a little closer because the Browns are coming out with a bit of a fury after the way their last 10 days played out. Um, I, I'm not too concerned about their shortened week because a lot of their guys weren't even playing, so they're fresh. Uh, but I've got Packers 27, which is a lower output than normal. I, I liked Ryan's 35-17 prediction, or was it 34-17 prediction? 
Uh, and honestly, that's where I was at first, but then I'm just like, there's just some weird feeling I have about this game. So Packers 27 and Browns keeping it close at 24. And and for the MVP here, I'm going to go with a different guy. But first things first, if I could place a bet for first touchdown scored, like everybody go put $100 on Devontae Adams. Because Rodgers is about to break Favre's record. And if he could like hand deliver the ball to Devontae to be his Favre record-breaking wide receiver, I think he would pick him. He'd probably never say that, but I think he would pick him. So I think a bet on Devontae is a pretty safe bet for first passing touchdown or first Packer touchdown. Um, but the MVP, I'm going to go with one that probably hasn't been said all year, maybe once. But uh, Mercedes Lewis mm. feels like a day he's just going to have a big Christmas Day miracle. I'm going to say – I'm going to go out on a whim and say Mercedes Lewis has two touchdowns. Whoa. I actually – you know – we I see Devontae actually... drawing – yeah, I see Devontae drawing all the attention. I see Jock as their – JOK as their best linebacker covering the running back, not the tight end. And then, you know, Lazard taking corner number two and Mercedes just finding his way into the end zone. I think that's really interesting. And I was I meant to bring it up, the the odds of who's going to get this touchdown, because I think we're all assuming Rogers gets one passing touchdown or else this day is not good. But I, I we I think all are in agreement. It would be Adams. But Mercedes Lewis as the dark horse. There is, I don't, I know he has the connection with Adams, but I think Rodgers loves Mercedes. Like, there's a legitimate, I love this dude, that is yeah, a very dark horse. I think the whole of. team does. Imagine oh, he's yeah. the one that breaks the record. It's Big Dog. That, first of all, awesome. Secondly, Lambeau Field might burn down because people are going to just riot with joy. So I am all for either <laughs> one of these scenarios happening, and I hope it happens early. Because I can also picture Rodgers being that guy that waits for the moment. And, like, as weird and egotistical as it sounds, I could picture being, like, DeGuaro open, but he's like, ah, I kind of want it to the other, the other guy. So oh, get out of here. One of these two score early so we can just ramp it up. <laughs> you see DeGuaro on the on first the play wide line. open, just waving. <laughs> no, DeGuaro's on the one, and he, he tries to <laughs> yeah. hand it off to somebody else. Here, Aaron, you deserve it. Yeah, throws <laughs> it outside shoulder, so he has to go out of bounds. Yeah, just, just lateraling oh, it to that's people. Crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. I, I had Lewis as my MVP, but I'll switch. But great pick. But, all right, I think I think this is going to be a battle of defenses. I think it's going to be a cold-weather game. Um, both people are going to focus on the run. Even though we just said we don't want the Packers to focus on the run, I think they're going to try. Um, and not succeed. Um, and I think it's going to be close. Uh, 24-17. Um, the Browns defense is no joke and they can make big plays. Um, like Dan said, if Miles Garrett even gets a, a sniff of Aaron Rodgers, it's going to cause havoc in every part of our offense. Um, so, so protect that side as much as you can, whatever side he's lining up on. And then I'm I'm switching my MVP to Adams. You guys have been talking about him, flirting with him. I think I think he has a chance. Yes, Denzel Ward is a great uh, wideout, but what this Browns defense leaves open in the secondary, we know what. what? Mean. Oh yeah, yeah Denzel my Ward, bad. Wideout. Yeah. my bad. Um, but but as much they leave a lot of space open in the secondary and, and in the creases and what he, what is Adams great at route running. So I think he's still going to get open. Um, even though there's going to be a lot of pressure, um, Adams coming up big with over a hundred and a touchdown. How many catches to get over a hundred, like a big I, I play or he's got 10 catches under 10, under 10. Yeah. 
So that'll do it for this episode. Man, I hope uh, we we did a lot of positive vibes. You guys were a little more level-headed than me, but, man, I I just hope it's just an awesome Christmas day. I, I, I For miss, everybody. Ho, yeah, ho, ho. I miss, like, Packers every once in a while heading to Detroit for Thanksgiving. Like, it's fun watching the Packers on Thanksgiving. Christmas, though, that's – I kind of like that, especially at Lambeau. We'll see how it goes, but until then, we'll enjoy our – NFC North crown. Hopefully we can push this to 12 and three on the year. And thanks everybody. Go, Pat, go.